for another episode of the Pleasantly Persistent Podcast here with Adam Brown, who I'm meeting for the first time, which I'm psyched about, from Circle Media. So, Adam, welcome, and yeah, really nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Great to meet you, too. Yeah. So, we were just talking before we press record. So, you're into your office three days a week. I'm so jealous that you uh, you get to be in person. So, with the team, is there like... A mandatory or suggested like coming to the office this days a week this many days a week and are most people in the new york ish area uh no so you wouldn't be jealous if you saw my monthly uh lease charge every month for such an empty office we actually yeah. moved in march 2nd of 2020 so right before the pandemic uh and it's a seven-year lease so we're stuck with it it's about 4100 square feet in manhattan so it's very expensive and it can fit about 24 people. We had 19 people going into the pandemic. We have 56 now. So um, we would have outgrown it pretty quickly anyway. So at the moment, we're about half in New York, about half scattered as far as Hawaii, and no mandatory requirements. Um, our, a lot of photographers go in to use the studio for content creation. Some of the younger New Yorkers that didn't know any different are actually thirsting for some in-person. So a bunch of them go like on Tuesdays, like they're all there. So they get to like do like that thing. Um, I actually find it to be pretty distracting when there's people in. So I like when there's no one there. Um, but uh, it's a mixed bag. I'd say any, anywhere as little as like three and as much as like 12 in the office on any given day. Yeah. Cool. So you guys have uh, more than double. I forget the exact number. So you've grown a lot in the last few years. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. But, uh, and when did when did Circle Media begin? We started in 2012. And, um, you know, it's I started the business myself and running it and grinding it out uh, ever since. And um, going into the pandemic, we were strong, like we had grown very well 19. I figured, you know, we'd go in, we'd grow to maybe 25 over the next year or two, and then figure it out. But um, the pandemic really helped solidify our sale. Like what we do is outsource social media management for food and beverage brands. And so the one argument that would the one argument that people would hold back would be like, yeah, but we're in Boulder and we would if we hire Jennifer, Jennifer will go on hikes with us in the morning and she'll. So once everyone was at home, it sort of changed that argument because then it was like, well, if none of us are going on hikes. Yeah. Why not get a best in class agency? And, you know, we started growing and we're scattered. So a lot of times, you know, we have a few employees in Denver if, if you want to get some FaceTime. And we're at the Expo West and the Expo East. So we'll see you for some FaceTime. But really, you're able to get this really great talent that doesn't just happen to be in Austin or Boulder. Like you're able to expand. Um, and uh, it's, you know, the COVID and the pandemic has been terrible for a million reasons. But it definitely helped our business model quite a bit. Totally. Yeah, there are certainly some perks that shifted just like our, our way of thinking post COVID, like in my world, pre COVID, if I wasn't on the road, four days a week, like I felt delinquent, because there was like, it was one of those like virtual meetings with buyers were so rare. It was like, you'd have to fly across the country for a 30 minute and like in persons are still like the most powerful. But now that virtual is just like, and it's it's so amazing. Both have their place and are awesome. For sure. Yeah. So you own a agency. 
So do I. So a, a service agency. So, yeah, I'm curious how. Um, yeah, what does your meeting schedule look like? Like, how do you keep and is Slack like popping and and how do you like keep everyone connected and organized and not too many meetings? Like, what does that look like and how has it evolved and grown or shifted? Um, yeah, so we we actually don't use Slack. Um, yeah. Some of our clients use Slack. So then, you know, when we join a brand, if if you're on Slack then our person will get on Slack. And I'm in a bunch of Slack channels, like in the industry. I actually almost never look at it. Um, I go in like once every three months. So we don't use Slack, but, um, you know, we have a really good management team. Most of the people at my company, actually everyone in my company other than one, has grown within the farm system. I'm a big believer of hiring the person and then training for talent instead of hiring the talent. Um, and so they've learned you know, only the circle way, the VP that runs the day to day of the agency, she's been here nine years. And so a lot of the processes and procedures were put in place by her, many of which uh, really leveled up with her management team since March of 2020. So it's really been structured to be this like flexible sort of environment for this remote uh, ecosystem. We have an annual meeting in New York uh, that happens around Christmas. It's actually uh, happens the last day of November. Um, we'll have management in, we'll have some fun time, we'll do that kind of stuff. We also have a stipend for employees to come to New York uh, every year. So a lot of a lot of people take us up, come into New York, stay in New York. It's obviously an attractive place to visit. People love to get out here to New York, uh, come out for a, a company event like a Yankee game or something like that where we all get together and we're really focused on doing those for culture. But also just get out here and spend a few time, you know, a few days around, maybe see me for a little bit and get some FaceTime. It's really been good. Also, a lot of the people we've hired, the majority were post-pandemic. So they they took this job knowing full well, oh, I get the upside of access to Adam, access to these brands. I don't have to sell. I don't have to bill, especially our content creators. Yeah. It's a kid in a candy shop. They, they plug in at Circle. They get access to the killer brands. And they don't have to do all the annoying things that they were doing as a freelancer in, you know, Arkansas. Okay. So now they they signed up for it. So they're they're down for it. Maybe they're raising kids. Maybe they are introverts. And so uh, maybe it's too expensive to live in New York. So they never could have worked at a company like ours, but now they can. So we've done a really good job with that. I think a lot of people have really bought into that or even came into that. And that's the way it always was. So what do you, you see that comes your way or doesn't come your way and you just see that's like just cr makes you cringe as far as marketing that you see pretty consistently for like sell sheets longer decks websites like is there anything that's consistent or that like really or, or that people do that yeah makes you cringe or as you think is off um i mean specifically i mean there's most things are done wrong. Most things are done wrong because it's either done by the wrong talent. So it's like, yeah, our sales decks are pretty B because the only person we have to make a sales deck is like the graphic designer who made our first logo and they're doing it moonlighting on the side and they actually don't know anything about a sales deck or an investor deck. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's like jumbled and not very strategic. I see that a lot. Um, I would say, actually, now that I'm speaking, the, the biggest thing I would say is all these brands in CPG and beverage, especially the better for you set, you have all these challenger brands. Everyone thinks their baby's the cutest. Everyone does 
sometimes by the time they get to us, like our brands usually start to make sense for us at 3 million in revenue or more. Sometimes by the time they get to us, they've already done two rebrands, packaging, packaging redos, all this work. Then they get with us. Then they do all this work on social content. They spend hours and hours and hours. And then I get their emails and their emails are trash. I would say 99% of the time, the email marketing, especially for brands primarily sold in retail, their emails don't match their other branding and it's a big disconnect. So the email signature or just their email blast? Like no, their emails to customers. And if you yeah. think about it, like you, you have a CPG brand, they are primarily sold in retail, so they don't really have yeah. D2C focus. They don't have D2C personnel. And they're like, our emails are a throwaway, like, you know, Got whatever. It. And so it's like all this work and then you get their email and it seems like two different companies. And I think that's a big miss. Yeah. So uh, a brand's just starting out, they've raised some money, they're ready to get into CPG and they can only invest in like one or two like more quality uh, marketing projects out of the gate, what would you recommend? Like, is it website, their investor deck, their, their, their pitch deck? Like where, where, yeah. What, what would you recommend is the priority for a new brand in the CPG who could do some things okay. And one or two things really well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to answer that. I think that I try, I'll try to not butcher my answer. I think they over index and over invest in the website. So it's like, well, what's your sales channel? Oh, we're going to start locally with retailers. Then we're going to expand. Is there going to be any D2C business? No. And so I said, then why do you spend this too much on your website? So I think you could go very lean, very inexpensive. There's even AI platforms to build websites now that you put a bunch of inputs in and you get a really nice looking website that uses some of your brand kits and be done, especially if you're not selling on D2C. A lot of people, especially millennial targets that people are targeting in the, in the food and beverage space, a lot of people will go to TikTok first even. They won't even go to, uh, to uh, your website. So I think they'll overspend on the web, but not focus on just getting their Instagram proper set, getting their TikTok proper set. And so if you're an early stage brand, I think what you can do is you can hire interns that uh, if, you're, if you're based in, in Austin, and you're, you're bootstrapped and you have no money, instead of like spending on an agency like Circle, some brands do, they have no revenue and they, they wanna hire us. I would say save that money, find somebody who's going to school at UT Austin, who's studying kinesiology or food science, who would geek out about like the better for you CPG set and hire them for credit. They can get credit through their major, they work for you for free and you get a digital native who can make content and do a lot of that stuff. I think they overinvest time, opportunity costs, and dollars in that when they could probably do it either free or very inexpensively. Cool. All right. How about when you're walking trade shows? What gets you excited about a booth? Not gets excited, but it just like feels good and you feel like it's powerful and draws people in. And what what is the opposite? Where do you think people are off with trade show booths? I mean, most of the trade show booths, but just by the sheer cost of them, most of them are very similar, right? They're all pretty small. So I think a lot of that comes down to just having great personnel. Like I've gone, I've passed some where you get a really energetic person. Sometimes the, the salespeople that are real, like outgoing salespeople that'll just grab you and pull you in. That goes a long way. That'll get people to stop and pay attention. I see a lot of people twiddling their thumbs, miserable to be there, or they're they are salespeople, but they're sort of introverts. Trust me, you're talking my okay, yeah. yeah. So 
huge mistake. I think if you're going to spend on the booth, you got to have ideally a founder. Like I love it when I see like, uh, you know, purely Elizabeth sure, founder Elizabeth, still, yeah. you know, she's a great example. Uh, Pattaya Foods is one of our clients. I see Chuck comes yeah. in. He's and we rep we represent purely Elizabeth. In food great. Service. Yeah. I mean, she's an OG. She's still there. Um, you know, we work with Rudy's. Jane, the CEO of Rudy's, is, we, we is rep, literally we represent Rudy's, yeah. dope. Like she's making grilled cheese for people. Like she does not need to be making grilled cheese for people at this point in her career, but it goes a long way. Um, and then I would say, you know, some of the big booths, like the St. James Iced Tea, like the last two shows, like they probably have the coolest booth. It must have cost a fortune, but it it definitely left an impression on me where I was like, wow, like that that they're doing something. Totally. I, uh, this is where our world's made of marketing and sales. Like you can have an amazing booth and it is, Ooh, it is mind boggling to me. Sometimes walking past booths and people are just back of the booth on their phone. Like we rooted food sales are, a a feisty professional and chill, but feisty organization. And you always have to have someone in front of booth, like just like open for engagement and grabbing those awesome, uh, uh, badges and, yeah, trade shows drive me. They perplex me because I'm so. I just love trade shows. I deeply love them, and it's yeah. it's wild how many brands represent or their sales team is engaging at those shows with how much money's invested. And then I know how how flat. Like people are so excited about their uh, lead list, and then it just falls so flat because I I know the follow up. It's um, yeah, trade shows. Totally. Yeah, I think it's important. And I think you'd be strategic about it. Like maybe you have a rotation, like no one's on for more than a half hour. So no one gets burned out. And maybe you have three or four people. Totally. And, but like that main person, at least one is jacked up on caffeine and ready to rock and roll and like is making people feel good. I think that's a game changer. I have definitely seen buyers walk past booths that to were like totally. asleep at the wheel. Th totally. And that that's my thing, too. I've talked to some actually bigger brands and who a, not many, a couple, but it were like, everyone's our customer. And like, so they'll engage with everyone the same way. And I, I respectfully disagree because you spend so much money to be there that if you're interacting, giving energy and time to someone, a consumer, like, right, you and you're not going to be aware that some juicy badge is walking by who you should be attempting to interact with. Totally. I will say so, uh, you know, historically, if I've gone, maybe maybe I've gone through one of our brands. So it says exhibitor on my badge at Expo or I've gone as like a service provider and it has that. But in the last couple of years, because I have a podcast and my LinkedIn profile, I've come in as like an influencer or like a media. So my color has changed and it's crazy to see how they perk up when they think I have influence as opposed to when they thought I was just an exhibitor or a service provider. So I think that's actually a good thing. Like you, the people in your booth should know the different color badges and for sure don't miss out on the key ones. I have, uh, yeah, I've posted about it on LinkedIn and talked about that with our team. You should a hundred percent know the different color badges. So um, what giveaway I always like with these podcasts that I have, usually nothing planned and just fun stuff pops. What, as far as trade shows, what do you think is the best giveaway? Uh, whether it's canvas bags, pens, what, what, what do you think is the best giveaway? What would you recommend as a marketing giveaway? And what do you think is a, a whiff and waste? Maybe not the best. I actually don't hate mints. I think there's a lot of talking. And so it's good to have mints. Totally. I, there's definitely like a couple of brands there, like simply, or like there's other brands that have, like gum and mints, but like they're mm -hmm. far and few between. Like you're talking all day, you you 
mints is not a terrible thing with your logo on top. They're popping around and I feel like you get them like everyone in your party is like, let me get some of those. Let me get some of those. They're easy and they're inexpensive. Um, so I think that's a good one. Everyone loves these tote bags. Like my team, I just ordered 100 tote bags for my team for the holiday. Um, I have so many of those. I, I, I have like a like just hanging in my closet from all Lemon Perfect and Ryan and all these. And they're good. I mean, you use them. You don't want to use you can't use plastic bags anymore. You don't want to. And you can't. New York City, they charge you for it. So I, I use those as my shopping bags all the time. So I think a tote bag is a good one, especially for food and beverage. Yeah, totally. I yeah, that's what I love. Uh, like when it's a real fun brand, like the Siate canvas bags I have, like they're just go to yeah, for us. And you're just like rocking them all the time. Good representation. I feel like stickers and pins. I just don't know how often I actually stickers see stickers and pins like actually land into someone's Throw them in the garbage. life. Yeah. yeah, 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 totally. And how about in this day and age, like in business cards, like you should have them. You should have them, right? You need to to play the game. But like, should there? Yeah, what should capturing? How should exchanging information? look like yeah it's a funny one we, we've been having this debate uh and you know most of my team is under 30 a lot of them are like under 26 and so i used to buy everyone a thousand cards and then we would just throw them all in the garbage or if someone would leave the company and there were like 998 of them in the box and right in the garbage so i don't get cards for anyone i haven't used cards in years but at the last expo i feel like five or six people asked me for a card and my team was like you see we need cards you know so um, so I'd say a couple things. One, we actually, it's very easy to do. We made a QR code that goes on your phone that you just show. And like if somebody scans it, it's got all of our social handles and our email. So if that's, a, if they want to contact us, but for me, I want to contact them never the other way. Cause they're never going to reach out to me. I'm, I'm selling something. So I always will either grab their LinkedIn or I'll grab their information. I'll literally just ask them for their number and text them right there. But like, I want to be able to follow up. And actually I find like, listen, like a little bit of conversation. I text them right now. I'm like, you're gonna remember me, right? Like, I feel like they remember me. And then when I reach out, it just changes it. I come back and I'll have like 20 cards at like the bottom of my bag after the show. And like, they never go anywhere. Like I find, I don't know. I just, I don't see a, a need for the cards. How about you? Yeah. We have them just cause I feel like when someone asks, like, I like kind of, keep saying the word cringe but i'm kind of just like eh, like really are we still doing this but i want the cards for that reason when someone asks but my i guess that said i guess that said if i'm working right it's different if we're walking or working a booth if we're working a booth i will ask for yeah i'll ask for a card and I will always make a note on the card because in that moment you think you're going to remember and you never do. Yeah. Yeah. So I make a note. So yeah, yeah, we do use cards. And then if we pay for a scanner, which we usually do, we'll do that. Um, do you yeah. do find that you do a lot of selling at the show? Yeah, we love shows. Not the shows we're walking, like Expo West, like right, we just do food service. So Expo West, there's a bit, I mean, I'm, I'm working with New Hope to bring more food service, but you know, it's really a retail show. But yeah, when we do go to NRA or NAMA or NACOFs, so many shows. Yeah, we love selling. We love we love shows. Got yeah. It. What shows do you guys go to? So I had never done a show until Expo West of 2022. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I just have always felt like I don't want to sell. I don't want to walk booth to booth trying to sell people. They're all there to sell their product. Yeah. Last thing they want to do is hear from me. And I got to a point where like just a bunch of like Mike Fada, especially uh, from Manitoba Harvest, he's like, dude, at this point, you enough people know you that I promise you, you're not going to be selling and people are just going to like come over to you. And I'm like, I'm very like, I don't have an ego. I'm like, I don't know. No one knows me. He's like, dude, trust me. I'll walk the floor with you. And I went that first show just for one day. And I was getting stopped in the aisle by everyone. And I didn't sell a person. I'm like, this is, this is amazing. So now I do the two expos. I bring on members of my team. We really go in with no sales agenda. Like we yeah. don't try to sell anyone almost weirdly so. Um, but we want to be able to prospect a little bit after. So I try to be strategic beforehand so that I get the intro and then I do a lot of selling after. Totally. Yeah. So as far as selling, right. And I was speaking about selling when we have a booth, selling from the aisle is super sensitive. I'm with you. Like it's so aggressive, you know? So when we walk, I go just cause I just like, I've always been a show geek. It just fills me up so much. I just feel like so many shows are just like a celebration of the industry. And I just, and also as a remote team, it's an excuse for a couple few of us or like Expo West. We just booked our awesome uh, Airbnb uh, this week, like, and we get there early and it's, we all hang as a team and then we're just in it. But yeah, I will basically like brands were like, or people in the industry were like already talking to, we'll, we'll be like, all right, we'll meet up there. But yeah, I won't sell from the aisle. I'll like say hello, like, and like see if. And I won't really have an agenda. I'll just say hello because I'm excited to. If it's a brand I'm excited about and if something pops, great. Um, but yeah, I basically go just to be in the scene because I enjoy it. For sure. I, I'd say 80% is enjoying it and it's all in one place and I get the upside of the value of it. Um, and it definitely does accelerate those relationships. So even if you go in and you don't sell, just seeing you is probably the equivalent of like three email touch bases. It like, it like moves it up. And then they see the face and then they're like, oh, you know what? I, I have been meaning to get back to you. You know what? Let, let's do it after the show. And you're like, great. And now you have a warmer lead than you had before. Yeah. So it works like that. And it's, it's amazing. Those brands that you're yeah talking to and yeah, that in person is just, yeah, I mean, it's such it a cliche, but you just can't, you can't beat it. It's, it's so powerful. Um, yeah. So as far as um, last, last topic here, I'll wrap with a, different fun question. So you've been hiring really fast. Do you have an internal recruiter? Uh, Yes, you do. Yeah, we have like a head of people who was a social media manager five years ago and just morphed into like interested in human resources, interested in in recruiting. So she handles the recruiting process. And what you pay, what I pay, (laughs) you know, a recruiter, it's got to be so easy when you're hiring at that rate to justify having someone internal, it's such a no brainer. So what's, are they just posting on in, in deep, like we've worked through the recruiter. So I don't even know the platform. We've never used a recruiter before. Um, we almost always post our jobs on LinkedIn. Um, we do one at a time. We don't, we don't do like the LinkedIn paid platform, which limits you. You can only post one job at a time. We actually get a lot of inbound organically, like on our website, once a week, we get like a, either a social media manager or a content creator. Um, the job listings have been bonkers this year. We put up a job listing a few months ago for a social media manager. We got a thousand applicants in 36 hours. And we just did for a content creator, like a new photographer. Also, we had to shut it down. It was like well over 700 in, in a day. 
So now you got to have somebody like go through all those and most of them are crap and most of them like have never created yeah. content before, but they're interested in it. And then you have to go down and you have to go through the first round and we have a very thorough interview process. So you just need that person to like go through it. But yeah, the answer to your question, LinkedIn and Indeed have definitely like yielded a lot of fruit. I will say the last two people we, uh, two of the last, let's say four people we hired, they just shot their shot on my website and literally were like, I don't know if you're hiring, but I got to work at Circle and I love that energy. And then we, and then usually, usually that translates into like, that's the kind of personality that's going to work at Circle. Yep. I, I love it. What, uh. What beverage and what snack have you purchased the most of in the last few months? I always, I get a guess a lot like about most ever. Um, I'd say Ithaca Hummus, who was a client five years ago, even four years ago, it's the only brand I've never not had a new tub of Ithaca Hummus and not have had one week where I didn't eat that product um, in five years. So I definitely What's buy that flavor? the most. I really like the beet flavored lemon beet, the red one. Yeah. Um, but they're all bonkers. Like yeah. my wife accidentally bought another one the other day. And I tell them like, oh, these are so good. I yeah. serve them. We have friends over. They eat them. They're like, what is this? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, Ithaca is just, it's like not hummus, right? But it's yeah. like insane. So that would be that. Um, I drink a lot of the Olipop Cola. Um, I go to a natural grocery here in New York, Matter of Health. They have a um, fridge right at the point of sale, which is yeah. a branded fridge. They cannot keep the cola on the shelves. It's crazy. It's almost sold out. One out of every three times it's sold out. And they do a two for five promo. So I, I buy two of those literally every time I'm there. And I'm there like two or three times a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also a big fan of Sweet. It more recently came into Market Basket, which is my local store. And it's all, always two bucks a can. It's glorious. That's great. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a root beer. Nice. Yeah, it's all, good. But I'm I'm a root beer guy. Yeah. Um and then last question, what 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 is your like what brand what brand marketing that you haven't touched just pops is just amazing to you? I'd say well I'd say the answer to that question I really like I've always liked what Poppy does even though we just talked about Olipop mm -hmm. and they just hired a new CMO Andy Judd who I've worked with now at multiple brands. I worked with him at One Brands, Yasso, and Laird Superfood, and he's their new CMO. He's probably my favorite CMO in the industry. And now he's at Poppy, which was already doing dope stuff. And so you just see, I just, I just like everything they're doing. They obviously have a good amount of capital behind them, but they do it right. And a brand that I really have always wanted to work with that I just love is Simple Mills. Um, I've been talking to them for years. Their products are sick. Um, and I love what they do and I, I would love to work with both. And of them. they might be one of the rare ones. I'm sure they've had some small tweaks, but I feel like this was their like original. It feels like they've been marketing. riding that thing. Yeah, totally. It's just, it's just strong. And it's one of those things like, oh, it's better for you. And then you have, you're like, oh, that's great. And then you have their cookies. You're like, oh, that's great. Yeah. And like each thing just excellent. I'd love to work with those guys. Cool. Well, thank you, Adam. Um, yeah. So where best place for people to find you? Mainly on LinkedIn. Adam Brown, I, I'm on there all day. So that's where to hit me up. And then we are at Circle Media on every social platform. That's Circle with an S. Awesome. All right. Thank you kindly. Thank you for having me.